You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Welcome to episode 105 of the podcast. Cody, Abrams, and Melbourne joining you as always. And uh, fellas, hard to believe we are already 20% of the way through the NHL season. It's been interesting so far and uh, good to be back on with you guys. How's it going? Pretty good, Harp. Uh, It doesn't feel like it's that far in for me because it seems like it takes the Devils forever to catch up in games played and then they're always canceled because of COVID or like uh, the like power goes out or weather warnings. It's like whatever we can do to make the Devils not play and Casey sit and be bored at home. We're going to do it. Um, (laughs) Pretty good weekend, though. Got to see the Sens and Penguins play. Unfortunately, we missed Crosby by one day coming back from uh, COVID protocol, same as uh, Dumoulin. But it was still a great game to go to. It was 6-3 for the Sens. The building was electric, surprisingly. like They actually must have sold out, except we were talking before. It seemed like Club Bell was the only seats empty. And um, you know that's because those tickets are usually given away to people. Um, but it was a lot of fun to watch. And very exciting in the building everyone was into the game and and everyone stuck around right to the end but i'll tell you they've got to figure it out in ottawa they've got to move that rat rink get out of canada or (laughs) do something um two problems i found with it is it took us forever to get into the building it was lined up down the street because they were doing covid checking and then uh you know checking for your tickets and it just seemed really inefficient i've seen other buildings be a lot quicker during the the covid times um but yeah it was really slow to get in there and then the other thing is getting out was impossible and i don't mean leaving your parking spot which is always a pain in the ass there i mean ubering out of there or cabbing out of there because here's the thing guys it's in canada yeah everyone needs to cab or uber out of there because they need to get back downtown ottawa to continue their night on on a saturday night everyone wants to go downtown and do something after these games and that's what we were trying to do too and it was impossible we got canceled on like 10 times by our ubers because everybody is doing the exact same thing because it's in canada you're in toronto you leave the building you just walk you know 100 meters and you're at a bar it's perfect, but yeah, can I, it's just a struggle in Canada there. But that being said, a lot of fun. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, like, just about that, dude. Like, they need a subway line. Like, that's the one thing. Like, if they just had a subway line that went from Canada to downtown, like, that would be perfect. But that will never get built, like, ever. I, I think it's it's more likely they move the rank somewhere downtown. Like we talked about that. You know, there there was the whole, uh, what was it called? Le Breton Flats, I think it was called a couple years ago yeah. that ended up falling yep. through and that's where they were going to move it. So, yeah, I don't know. Everyone knows that that the building is not in a good location in Canada. And we we're talking earlier, like before we started, the attendance at the Sens games, they're averaging around 11 and a half or a little under 12,000 this year per game. So, in a, in a roughly 18,000 capacity building, like I'm sure those numbers would go way up if it was downtown. It would just make sense. Three, three problems with why they're that low in their numbers. For one, team's been bad. They stink. That's, that's an obvious one. Yep. Two, it's in Canada. I'll say mm-hmm. it again. Three, 
it's too expensive for a bottom of the basement team uh look at chicago seven dollars i'd be going to every single game but uh 45 dollars for for 300 levels is a little too much for a basement team like i'll pay it i'll still pay it because it's it's a lot of fun and it's entertaining but when you're paying 45 dollars and then 12.95 for a beer it's like yeah it's not very enticing for people to leave downtown ottawa to go out to canada to watch the game yeah no there's a lot of barriers there let me say just be lucky you don't have to pay ticket prices in toronto because they're way worse and you know even though the team isn't in the basement it's still not worth you know, if you want to sit in the 100s, like say 500 bucks a ticket or something like that. So yeah, you can get them a bit, Toronto's hurting you there. Yeah, like like you can get the, them a bit cheaper if you go, you know, like if you get the tickets a half hour before the game starts or even like 15 minutes and then you can get some pretty good deals. But then, you know, it's just kind of a pain in the ass to do that. But anyways, um, you mentioned that you missed Crosby for the first game in Ottawa. You didn't miss much, man, other than him absolutely manhandling whoever that Washington defenseman was that was insane do you guys see that dude it's been a bad season for Crosby so far for one only playing two games this far in yeah Uh, but the first game back he was a minus three with no points against the Devils and handed Jimmy VC a shorthanded goal tape to tape pass to him and it was just a bad game and then goes on COVID protocol gets back against Washington and is showing his absolute frustration and yeah. just tossing that defenseman into the boards yeah. I think it's very oh um, yeah. yeah yeah that's right but it, it was yeah not a good look yeah and, and just to continue like um so and sort of changing up the subject a bit here but this weekend uh harp came up and, and visited with uh with his girlfriend and so that was fun and we went out and had some drinks and watched some hockey and we got to watch the uh the maple leaves beat the sabers and joseph wool earn his first nhl uh win in his career so that was fun to watch even though the leaves looked atrocious all game it was so sloppy and and terrible but two points is two points at the end of the day right and if you've got joseph wool in net guys never played an nhl game you'd like to think they'd give him you know some some better defense in front of him but you know what at least at least he got the win so that was fun uh this weekend last minute goal and also the worst goal of the year so far (laughs) yeah Uh, i think it was 11.8 seconds remaining in regulation we were playing drinking games with the girls of course with with Megan Page, but still paying attention to the game, obviously. Yeah. And we knew there were going to be a lot of goals with Joseph Wool and Aaron Dell in between the pipes, respectively. And uh, I thought for sure the game was going to overtime and looking forward to a good finish that way. And then classic Buffalo gives up a last minute goal. And uh, there we have it. <laughs> well, I, I knew there were going to be a lot of goals and I took the over and Harper were talking about this. I took yeah. over six and a half. Matthews to score and uh what was the third the third thing it might have been power play goal and so anyways everything happened it's except for Matthew scoring and so that just sucked it it was only a dollar stake but you know it was gonna pay out five bucks so you know I would have been up a little bit but anyway didn't hit it one thing that uh, Harp just reminded me of that I wanted to say about the my Sens experience is I almost had to sue Eugene Melnick for damages because of the absolute geyser that was going on in my bladder waiting in that hour-long lineup to get into the game. Jesus. <laughs> when you're drinking beer before a game and then you have to stand in line and wait for them. Also, the purse 
fiasco. There is a guy that almost fought one of the attendees in the lineup because he was told his wife can't come in with her purse that was like big enough to carry a pack of gum and a lighter. Uh, It was absolutely ridiculous, like the amount of problems going on in that line. But oh my God, I thought I was going to, I thought I had a kidney stone. It was so bad. (laughs) Oh, geez. And, uh, you know, like, let's not take away from the fact that that is a great rink. It just it belongs downtown Ottawa. Like, yeah. you know, if, uh, like we've yeah, mentioned, if, if we could pick it up and move it over there that's or great. just keep it out there. And it's a concert hall because that's what it's the best thing for. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, anyway. OK. And uh, let's go into a little fantasy corner now and then we'll get into cap or no cap. This is just going to be a, a quick episode, by the way, for you listeners out there. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, good little segue into the fantasy corner. Chad, the guy who scored the game winner uh, in the Leafs and Sabres game, Morgan Riley, you have him on your fantasy team uh, in the Boys in the Booth Fantasy Hockey League. Uh, so just give us an update uh, from uh, your end of things in uh, in fantasy. Yeah, I do have Morgan, and he was fantastic that night. I think he had two points, including the winner, game-winning goal. So there you go, extra points there. Uh, another week, another win for the multiple scoregasms. That's 4-1-0, and oh, and I'm still trying to catch the Meatheads in first place, who are the only team now who are undefeated at 5-0-0. Oh, oh. uh, so I beat Nate last week, the Tampa Bay 3 Peets. Pretty much only as players from the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then also, uh, you know, he's got a couple, you know, he's got Kopitar and a few other guys. But absolutely manhandled Nate. Beat him by like 60 points. Wasn't even close all week. Uh, so that was good. Other than that, like, I I just want to say, like, I'm pretty content with my entire team. Like, I was just looking through my roster and I'm not sure, like, if I want to drop anyone or trade anyone. But I've got two guys on IR. I've got uh, Dowdy and Pacioretty. And when they come back, I'm going to have some tough, tough decisions to make because honestly, I look at my team and and I really just don't want to move anybody. I'm pretty attached right now. So still chasing down first place, but Luke uh, still has me beat there at at number one. Case, how was fantasy for you this week? Huge win. 204 to 157 against the mail order brides. Our resident uh, mailman himself, Chunk, <laughs> actually starting to set his lineups this week, but That's still good. absolutely. Thank swapped. God. <laughs> um, that wasn't even fair. Also, another thing not, not even fair was my greasy pickup this week. I saw that Cameron dropped Mark Stone, who was on the <laughs> IR instantly went in and claimed him off waivers happened to be number one in waivers because i picked last and haven't used my waiver pickup yet so got mark stone for free checked the same day and it said oh mark stone skates with vegas and yeah he played saturday so here we are mark stone for free also want to mention that um i am third in total points but sixth in the league i'm also (laughs) third in points against so just want to preface that and okay. say that i am absolutely getting slammed with tough matchups every week it seems uh okay. to give a little example of what's going on um hatrick swayze emerson who <laughs> is one ahead of me at four and one i'm three and two um i have 227 <laughs> more points than him that is a a good week more points than him yeah and yeah here i am so uh, I also feel very good about my team, and I'm very excited about the weeks coming. Lots of hockey well, left. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll go into the uh, 
fantasy end of things for me and uh things aren't looking too good boys as, <laughs> as you guys know um and as uh alan at mansky our good buddy was bugging me about earlier in the group chat um and speaking of m's team uh hatrick swayze he uh he beat me up pretty good this past week boys 165 almost to about 118 so uh yeah it was it was a rough week for me and uh look at yeah i, I just i i feel like i've got guys on my roster like if you go look at my roster that just aren't producing for me and uh you know rasmus Dalin is kind of you know we scored a goal on the weekend in the game against toronto but he's been off to a slow start offensively again jamie ben is another guy who sticks mm-hmm. out to me for the dallas stars that whole team in general can't seem to put the puck in the back of the net and uh really the only defenseman and uh who's done anything for me so far and who was probably my best player last week in the loss against uh, Hatrick Swayze was uh, Adam Fox of the New York Rangers. So I definitely need some guys to to pick it up and uh, got another tough matchup this week against uh, Mr. Chad and, and MSG. So uh, right. not looking forward I, to that. And uh, I may need to make a couple of changes for the one and four uh, 2021 Pepsi Cup Some, scoring champs and something that happened Harp, before I know I can hear in your voice that you're getting away from fantasy and I want to talk about <laughs> one more thing so I'm jumping in on you is sure. something happened in our fantasy league that I have never heard of before uh, this morning when Alan Mansky texted us saying Dylan I sent you a trade but it says that your trade cap is full he has too many <laughs> pending trades right now because Dylan is also that's our Dylan update of the week. Still yeah. sending out a million trades. <laughs> Listen to this trade he, he tried to send me. Um, it was Jonathan Taves and Travis Konechny for Mark Stone and JT Miller. JT Miller <laughs> almost had the same amount of points as Harper's team last week. So <laughs> not a chance I'm going to be doing that one. That no, brutal. No. Man, it, oh. so there's always one guy, right, who just sends a million trades. And, like, funny enough, I actually had uh, one of the guys in the group chat from my other fantasy group message today. He took a screenshot of him offering me a trade, and it said, multiple scorgasms has too many pending trades. So it was the exact same situation, because I have a player I'm trying to get rid of. I have Getzlaff, who is currently ranked, like, 10th in the league or whatever, but obviously not sustainable so i'm trying to sell high right so anyways i've offered him to like like six teams that's the amount of of trades you can have pending at one time so i'm that guy in the other league so i thought it was funny (laughs) you brought that up but i will say i'm sitting in second place in both leagues and first place in total points also in both leagues so you know sometimes it can work if you're if you're a trade hound other times you just send dumbass trades like dylan does but you know who knows maybe it'll work out for dylan uh, as it goes on but uh, shotgun approach yeah well exactly like throw everything at the wall and just see what sticks right see if somebody accidentally clicks accept to a trade and then there you go <laughs> Oh geez, yeah. Anyway, uh, oh, so, Harp, uh, actually, sorry. Before before we wrap yeah. up, too. Last yeah. week, uh, case we we threw some shade at the bottom five in the league uh, to motivate some some teams. So I want to actually now go to the top five again, and we'll alternate each week. But before I do that, as well, I want to mention uh, a quick thing. There was a name change in our fantasy league. Um, second last in the league is uh, Mr. Murray, my brother in law, Cameron. And uh, he changed his name to the Arizona Blackhawks. 
Um, so being in the dumpster of the league, he wanted to change his, his name to that. So lovely. Wanted to mention that. Okay. And top five, as it sits right now, the meatheads at number one, that's Luke, uh, myself at number two, as I mentioned, shipping and yandling, that's Remy. He's at number three and he's sitting there pretty comfortably. Uh, I believe only Casey has more total points or Casey and the meat has have more total points than shipping and yandling. So he's in a good spot. The back is door bandits. Uh, that's Taylor Prosser sitting at fourth spot and hat trick Swayze in the number five spot. Sorry, Case almost said your name there at the number six. You're very close. The total yeah. points are looking good, but that's how our fantasy league is, is shaping up uh, as it sits after five weeks. All righty. Well, we'll sh- we'll see how it uh, all shakes out from there. Okay, uh, so we'll go into uh, cap or no cap now. We've got three uh, three things for that, and uh, that'll wrap it up. So again, just a quickie for this week. You're now listening to Cap or No Cap right here on the Boys in the Booth podcast. No cap, this shit busting. Okay, um, I, I think that this is a question that has come up quite a bit after, of course, Jack Eichel was finally traded. But uh, the next player to be dealt will be Phil Kessel of the Arizona Coyotes. Cap or no cap, Casey? Uh, I'm going to say no cap because there is so much talk about who is next to be traded off Arizona. It seems like there's a lot of guys who... Um, there's two camps there there's either the older guys that it's just simply not fair these guys should be on a team that could get them a cup maybe one last hurrah and that's where phil castle sits and then the other one being like a shane gossip who is given an opportunity in arizona and then kind of takes off and has shown he deserves to be maybe on another team up bottom pairing or something it's it's not the gossip bear we got used to in later years in philadelphia so yeah i wouldn't be shocked at all to see phil castle uh the current iron man holder um or i think he's the current iron man yeah he is yeah now um i wouldn't be shocked to see him dish very soon if not he will be traded before the trade deadline yeah yeah, I, I agree. I think he moves before the the trade deadline, but I'll say cap to the question. I I don't know if he's going to be the next one traded in the in the whole league, and if that's what the question was referring to. Just playing the the statistics here, the probabilities. Like I think there are just so many other players in the league that might be moved first. Uh, maybe one of Travis Dermott or Justin Hole, the two guys on my mind who I think might be moved before the deadline uh, for the Maple Leafs. So I'll say cap. I don't know if he'll be the next guy traded, but I think he definitely will be before the deadline because uh, like Casey mentioned, you know, he's still a guy who's, he's a little bit older, but he, he can still produce at at a, a decent level and still be a, an effective player for a contending team right now i think he has like six points in 15 games or something like that so it, it's arizona though so. who's passing to him that's a, that's the thing like he's playing for arizona so like you know go back to the penguins and you, you'll play in their top six because they've got nobody healthy right now so maybe that's a good fit for phil castle at the deadline 
Yeah, and 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 my apologies. I should have reworded the question. I should have said like, "What next big name player yeah. will be moved?" And so that's uh, Phil Kessel was the first that came to mind to me. But look, just a couple of quick things. I know that like there's people out there, Jeff Merrick in particular, who likes uh, Kessel maybe going back to the Boston Bruins uh, potentially to give them some more depth scoring. Uh, also, seen reports out there about the Golden Knights, but there's no way. That they're oh. able to do that now. Uh, so anyway, just a couple of things on uh, on Phil Kessel. Yeah, Seattle should take him because uh, no one is scoring goals for them, and they suck. <laughs> That's my uh, Seattle shot of the week. <laughs> other than Jared McCann, yes, they have a shit record, but they still might make the playoffs because that division it sucks. Um, yes, the Pacific. Although those two California teams, the Ducks and the Kings, they're going right now, so they have a chance. Yeah, and Vancouver is very much not going. They're the opposite of what we thought would happen. Like they've had a terrible start this year, so that whole division yeah. is just it's just weird right now. And I think it'll kind of come back to normal, like as the season goes on, because the mm. Ducks like clearly aren't going to be a playoff team, I don't think. And L.A. like. Yeah, I can see them there, like outside chance or whatever, but I don't know. It's tough to say. The division is so weird. It's it's the most, I would say it's the most unpredictable division. Dude, I, th- I think all the divisions are a little screwed up right now. Like, look at Detroit and Buffalo in the Atlantic, and then look at the Metro. You got Pittsburgh and the Islanders in the basement, or uh, the Central, Colorado's in the middle of the pack, yeah. and like Nashville's doing well, and Minnesota is a complete wagon. So it's like, there's a lot of weirdness going on. Like Tampa Bay, another example, yeah. is slowly climbing back up to where they belong. But there's a lot of weirdness, but I think that's a sample size and it's slowly yes. going to even out to where it should be. Like I said, I don't think Detroit can hold on to what they're doing, even though Stevie Y is running that team. So they could win the cup this year. Yeah. Yeah, really. Detroit won't continue what they're doing as good as they are. They will be very good in a few years and, and compete for, you know, the playoffs as, as early as next year, I think. And then you know, after that, the sky's the limit, but they, they won't continue what they're doing this year. I don't think they'll make the playoffs. And that also means case, as you pointed out in our fantasy group, that Luke's team, the meatheads should probably just drop off a cliff because he is just riding the red wings right now with all his players. So yeah, Larkin, Raymond and Bertuzzi. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, uh, you guys are quick because that kind of uh, settles the next question I had, and it was on Uh-oh. the Red Wings and just, uh, <laughs> you know, if, and the Red Wings being a wild card team this season, cap or no cap. So uh, you kind of already said it there, but, you know, they've got uh, they've got quite a few guys, um, you know, kind of overproducing right now and obviously the two young studs and Raymond and Sider and and the team is playing pretty well but uh yeah that was my next question so anyway uh just quick do you have any more thoughts on on the Red Wings because well, uh, think- clearly you both don't think they're going to be a wild card team yeah yeah no absolutely not I I think like I said that that division's going to start equaling out again. Tampa Bay has played three less games and have one last point, and that team is so much better than Detroit. Uh, same as Boston, still behind them in three less games. And then just the East as a whole has kind of been a little strange, um, looking at Pittsburgh with their illnesses and injuries, and then the Islanders being the weirdest regular season team ever. So there's a lot of different things going on there. I'd like to see the difficulty of schedule for Detroit so far. 
um, that'd be an interesting thing for me to look at. I kind of, I love that stat. It's a, it's an interesting one to me, but yeah, I think there's a lot going right for Detroit and, um, very quickly that can be turned around, especially when Tyler Bertuzzi is not going to be able to play in Canada. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you'd have to think that that gets done at some point this season, right? Like, don't you think that someone in his camp, like whether it's, you know, family, friends, teammates, agent, like whatever, just says to him, Hey man, like your stock is plummeting. Like I know he's not in, in any position for a contract or whatever, but I'm just thinking like, if don't you want to help your team in every situation? And if you have to miss every game in Canada, like, I don't know. To me, it just seems like eventually it has to get done. Or maybe the NHL says, look, like if he produces a negative test, which we know they do like three times a week or whatever, anyways, maybe he can just play in Canada. So I don't know. To me, it just seems like it's going to get done or or something has to give with that because he's the only player in the league right now who's unvaccinated. So I don't know. Yeah, it's a. I don't know. Maybe maybe the team is the organization's kind of fine with it because it's like let's lose and get another high draft pick because we were freaking <laughs> sick at that. Let's talk about Lucas Raymond and Cider who are um, killing it lately. Yeah. And you look yeah. at those two and when they were drafted compared to I saw the stat the other day. I don't NHL breakers maybe uh, versus Lafreniere and um capo caco oh, that same, one same yeah. amount of games capo caco and lafreniere it's an old stat now because they both scored on the weekend um had four points together combined and cider and raymond had 24 like that's yeah. just drafting by yep. UI. <laughs> i know and pat verbeek and everyone in that uh detroit uh, staff no just yep. absolutely incredible and uh the those are your two cornerstones for detroit now right like you can see it and um yeah i mean it's it's uh it's been a lot of fun to watch those two so far uh okay we'll uh we'll finish up with this one for cap or no cap so uh it's been a tough go for the Ottawa Senators so far. We kind of mentioned that off the top. And uh, their next three games have been postponed due to uh, the COVID outbreak that they have. Ten guys in total that are uh, out uh, due to uh, COVID. And so their next three games uh, in New Jersey and then uh, the two home games after that against Nashville and the Rangers. So that would bring us to the 20th of November, I believe. Um, and so, uh, yeah, tough for the Ottawa Senators. But anyway, my question to that is, cap or no cap, we will see more teams have games postponed due to this kind of thing this season. Chad, cap or no cap? It's tough. Um, I say it's tough because I know the NHL doesn't have a lot of time at the end of the season like they did last year to reschedule games. So I know they're going to do everything in their power to not reschedule games. Whether that means teams just playing shorthanded or whether that means you know not rescheduling a game and just simply by the end of the season going by points percentage. Like I know they don't want to do that, but I just know that they don't have a lot of time at the end of the season before, you know, all the fun stuff in the off season starts and if they want to start next season on time and do a full 82 games as as normal, I just don't think they have enough time. So I'll say we don't see any more rescheduling but that's like fingers crossed because if yep. you've got 10 players out like ottawa does right now um like what are you supposed to do you can't just play 
against their their farm team in Belleville. Like it's not the same. Like I know it's a, a struggling team in Ottawa, but if that were say like I don't I, I don't know, like Florida, I don't think the NHL would allow that whole season to be completely wasted because a few of their guys have COVID. So I think they would reschedule it, but I really just don't think they want to. So I'll say that. Um, also, I wanted to add to that in, in this is just getting a little bit off topic, but because you brought up the senators, uh, I have Josh Norris in, in one of my fantasy leagues and I offered him, like I put him on the trade block and I am getting sewered right now in our group chat because people are like he doesn't even play this week and i'm shopping him (laughs) like so people think i did that on purpose but i totally forgot that they're missing these three games this week but anyways wanted to say that overall i don't think they'll reschedule any more games but again that's fingers crossed because at a certain point you kind of have to okay so Mm -hmm. i'm gonna say cap as well for for similar reasons um the NHL, they're going to do absolutely everything to not postpone because they're dealing with a way shortened season during the, uh, during the Olympic break there. Right. So they have until yes. I think it's Jan- January 10th to, to opt out of the Olympics. And that's the only reason they're going to be doing that is if they have to postpone too many more games. So I think, again, they're going to do as much as they can to not be in that situation because it's so important for the game of hockey to have those players at the Olympics and uh, you know that everyone wants to see that, although they do need to worry about the health and safety of the players first and foremost. Um, what I will say is, even though Ottawa is a basement team and all of their players are sick, they still won 6-3 on the weekend. And I know the Penguins have some key players missing. They only had four injuries going into that game, but they were like Crosby, Peterson, Malkin, and Dumoulin, all important guys. Yeah. That being said, the Senators were playing everybody from the ahl they're playing bernard docker lassie thompson sokolov um hetherington hetherington connor kelly a bunch of these guys but i'll tell you what that was an entertaining game to watch and you want to know why because all of those guys are playing for their careers they're playing to stay alive it's the difference right now for them making eight hundred thousand dollars broken out 365 days per day that they're up at the team 800,000 and 120,000 dollars that's the difference so they're playing their hearts out right now and honestly i loved it they're all playing so well and they're firing at all cylinders and it was really fun to watch so frankly i think it's fine if you have eight players sick just call up the guys and give them a chance it's the best thing for those guys and you get to see a lot of new faces and see what they can do and maybe you have a player break out like lassie thompson's played great since he's been up so Mm -hmm. i don't know i i kind of i kind of find it interesting sure it sucks if it's your team Mm -hmm. but um it's a it's really important for these for these guys to get a chance and we saw that a lot last year a lot of players given a few games here and there because they needed to get the call-ups in but I think it's interesting. I think it's fun to watch. And uh, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't think that. Well, I hope that there's not too many more postpones postponements, but I'm sure if there is, it's going to be when they're playing against the Devils. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I uh, no, in, in case that's a great point that you made. I do. That that is the one thing I love about this is that it 
it's uh, it's a great opportunity for a lot of guys. And I should note as well that it could have been a great opportunity for Eric Brandstrom, but it looks like he's going to be done for the season with an injury. So uh, that is tough uh, for uh, for Eric Brandstrom and the Ottawa Senators. Also, uh, good news for the San Jose Sharks. All seven guys that were uh, in COVID protocol are now back with the team. And uh, we hope for the same uh, for the 10 guys that are out for the Ottawa Senators. And uh, again, hope that more games don't get postponed. Uh, So that does it for this quickie uh, episode. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, in the future, if you have anything that you would like us to ask in cap or no cap, uh, feel free to hit us up on our Instagram at boys in the booth. Thanks so much for listening. And we will talk to you again next week. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth. 